And welcome back to Bonsai Chat, where we talk about video games and other media that we are into at the moment. I am your host, Ryan Trainer, and I'm here with my co-host, the boss rush himself, <laughs> DJ Grand. What's up, DJ? Not much. How's it going, Ryan? Good, good. And before we get started, just want to let you know that you can find this podcast on all podcast apps, YouTube, and uh, we have a Patreon if you want to check that out too. Everything at Bonsai Chat. So um, follow us on social media and check us out. So how's everything going, DJ? Uh, just holding down, trying to get through this uh, virus scare. But other than that, everything's great. Yeah, and they said like this week is supposed to be like one of the, I guess, like pinnacle points of it or something like that, which I kind of yeah, don't understand, okay. but I mean, as long as we get through this week, good, that I only, that's a, le- a little bit of good news. Yeah. Well, I guess this isn't really video game related, but our governor is really making me mad, shutting everything down unnecessarily, but that's a whole different topic. I guess you can talk about it later. Yeah. Well, for this, uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Resistance, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Remaster, I guess, and Sex, Love, Sex, and Robots. And DJ will be talking about Jalen Son, Bob Reboot, and Jessica Jones. So before we get started, we have some questions we thought up, and we're going to kind of just do a little spitball session here. So DJ, why don't you start with your first question? Well, I was just thinking what could be the most the worst evil superpower possible. Yeah, this was when you sent me this, you know, it gave me something to think about. And um, it, it is interesting because like a superpower, you know, is, and you know, isn't it kind of like neutral? It just depends on who's using it, right? Uh, it could be, it could be a, a good guy that uses it bad. Yeah. Exactly. Any, any superpower period that is the worst possible one you can have, the, that could hurt the most people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, you know, you, you go through all like you know superheroes, like you know the Avengers and uh, Justice League stuff like that. But I was thinking about some animes too that you know they have superpowers, I guess. But um, no, I would now you know like My Hero Academia, those would be those quirks would be considered superpowers, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you're right. But I, I mean, I think with the evil superpower would be um, kind of going with the Jessica Jones thing with uh, just kind of like mind control and like, um, you know, controlling somebody, I guess, through making them do something that they wouldn't want to do. Kind of like the Purple Man, you know, kill Grey or whatever. Yes, I think that is exactly right. That is exactly what I was going to say, too. Yeah, it is deep. It is the worst possible it could be. Because it's it's deeper than just controlling somebody. What you're doing is you're actually taking away the morality. Because mm-hmm. morality is choice. And if they have, if you're taking, if you're controlling their mind, you, you've taken away their choice. Yeah. So any anything they do under that mind control would not be immoral for the person doing it. See, Kilgrave always thought in the Jessica Jones that he was safe because he never actually did it. But that's not true. Because yeah. he was the one who controlled it. He was the one who was morally responsible. When someone does something bad under his direction, it's not the it's not that person, the, the automaton, if you will, that is bad. It's actually Kilgrave. Yeah. No, yeah. He, you know, he's the puppet master. And that's, yes. you know, you got to, the, yeah. the people wouldn't be doing those things or acting that way if it wasn't for him. So even if they do do it, you know, he's just trying to get out of the responsibility of it all. Yeah, but he can't. And worse than, see, the whole point, I think, is the bad thing, is that you're taking away the morality. And even worse, on top of that, I mean, that's bad enough, but then you're substituting, if I'm Kilgrave, I'm substituting my version of morality for someone else's. As if I'm so arrogant to think that what I think, I, I know better than you. So I can control you and do what you what what I want you to do, and that those two things com- compounded makes it just absolutely diabolical. Yeah, there's a anime I wanted to bring up with this that has a similar kind of plot to it, where it's uh the anime is called Code Geass, and there's this the main character in it 
gets this power called Gios, where it basically is a mind control thing. It has some rules to it, but it's um, he basically, if like he looks into your eyes, he can control you, but he can only do it once to a person. So it's kind of like he's got to be careful with the power that he's using because if he, you know, if he did it to you and made you give him all your money, then that would be it. He could never use it on you again. And it's kind of like the show of like, there's this whole war going on and he rises up to power because he's just this nobody and uses this to kind of destroy the, uh, the tyrant that's basically doing the war. And it's this whole thing where he gets all this power and he's trying to help out, but it's, he's doing it all through controlling people. And it's, it's a really good show, but it's all about kind of those, ethic values of is that right is he really doing this for the good and it's it's really cool no i i totally understand i mean it even applies to real life because isn't that what di- dictators do didn't uh hitler kind of do that when he could say he, that. He sort of no you no he indoctrinated the people and indoctrination is a form of mind control yeah i mean when he, he when he started having everyone turn the jews in he was doing the thinking and they were just following along I mean, it's not quite as insidious as what we're talking about because you're actually controlling someone's mind, but it goes right along this, the same the same point anyways. He's trying to control the mind. He's trying to, to make everyone do his bidding. Mm-hmm. So in a way, there are, are historical precedents to this very power. Yeah. No, you're right. It is a uh, scary superpower to have. And, um, you know, you think of the other things that would be scary, like super strong or like indestructible but compared to that it would be uh like a whole whole new thing you can't even think about even if you took uh good powers let's say for example superman's power and his ability to fly and his ability to use his uh laser eyes to to melt things if that was turned against you know did for bad like i recently i saw a uh a comic book no, it was not a comic book. It was a a, uh, a movie where Superman became, instead of for America, he was for communist Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen just like the covers of them and stuff, but uh, it's a that's a cool kind of storyline. Well, the idea of it is that almost what I'm talking about. You're using good for bad. Yeah. I mean, so that's my point of it. Even that, though, isn't as bad as mind control because mind control is the most diabolical, insidious thing that you could do to somebody you're just taking away their total autonomy their 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 total um their mind everything about them their will i mean they they, they're no longer human truly in that point if they don't have a mind yeah and like you're saying if that was superman and i mean you could even put if Kilgrave could just tell superman to do anything i mean he would be in control of you know the ultimate power which is superman you know theoretically yeah, yeah. he's I mean, if you even want to keep it in the marvel universe he could tell captain america to do the uh to do his bidding and 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 it would doing uh, using good powers for bad yeah you know it's it's i think it's uh well you hit it right in the nail on the head that it's Kilgrave's mind control you yeah. can't get any worse than that yeah, I kind of feel like you might have uh, controlled my mind since we had the same answer. You might have just implanted that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I'm the evil one. I, I see it. what you're doing, DJ. Yeah, no, that's that's. I'm glad we kind of came, you know, to the middle on that because I mean, if you think there's, you know, there can be any type of powers and stuff, but if you really had that, you would be, you know, unstoppable in a way. So. Well, yeah. I mean, if you if we step into my hero ac- academia. I mean, uh, was it all for one? Yeah. The bad guy. I keep getting those two, which ones too mixed up. But even his, I mean, it's bad enough stealing quirks. Yeah. But st- that's not as bad as mind control. I mean, I mean, he's the bad, the worst guy in there. Yeah, and there was yeah. that character that had it in the. Uh, he's one of the students. I he, I forgot. His isn't like total mind control, but you know, he makes. You know, he was it was during like one of the. Um, uh, uh, was it during the sports festival? Yeah, yeah, and he's like basically having people just like walk off the ring and stuff like that. Yes, he did that to uh, Deku. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I yes. forgot exactly. How, I, I think it was like some, something like you had to look at him or something like that. I kind of forgot, but 
Yeah, it's the same point, though. I mean, regardless of how it's triggered, you're you're, you're controlling them. You're you're basically taking away the morality. Yes. Yeah, so I think obviously we both agree that uh, that is the most evil superpower: mind control. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's better though when you got more. You're disagreeing. Both agreeing. It's I know. It's like I'm like I can't really <laughs> explain this more than we are. So, but you know, it's a it's a good um, thing to bring up, especially since you you'll be t- probably talking about it with Jessica Jones. So. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Definitely well, have to. <laughs> my. Uh, my question was, since I watched the Jane Silent Bob reboot, since you told me you were going to be talking about it, is kind of the whole discussion of reboots and remakes and, you know, what do you think about this? And does a, does the media have, like, big problems with, like, new ideas? So what's your thought on that? Uh, well, if you mean media, do you mean Hollywood, make movie makers? Yeah, let's just keep it simple with that. Yeah, yeah. just, like, movies yeah. and things like that. Well, absolutely, I do think. And, and if we just talk about uh, all these uh, comic books that are being made into movies, even the Marvel, none of those are original ideas. I mean, there's hardly any original idea in Hollywood anymore. And, and all of the movies that they make, very, very few. There are some. And when you find those diamonds, they're, they're great. But it, I just, Hollywood lost their creative spark a long time ago. I mean, they, they copy almost everything. I mean, even Disney is copying themselves. Where, like, the Jungle Book they made in the, in the animated cartoon form, and then now they got the, the live um, version of it. I mean, they're doing this with Beauty and Beast and all of them. I mean, they can't come up with an original idea for themselves. And even that, Disney copied all those. Cinderella, yeah. those aren't even made by Disney. I mean, that, that goes back to the 50s and 40s. They, they just, Hollywood is, just seems incapable, other than rare instances, like I said, to have an original idea. And it's sad. It's absolutely sad. Yeah, and I don't mind, like, having, like, remakes and, and talking about, like, even a lot of the games we've been mentioning before, like the Final Fantasy VII, Resident Evil 3. I mean, those, going at a game perspective, those are just remakes, too, which is, like, I, you know, talked about them before and I'm like, they just came out in the past like couple weeks and I'm, yeah, I would love to rush out and buy them, but it's like to spend that money to, yeah, it's all nice and new looking, but I would just, there's just so much in me to be like, yeah, I'll just wait till this is a cheaper thing to buy. You know, just like when a movie comes out and you're like, I already know the plot of this. So what's the point Uh. of it? You know? It's all been rehashed. Well, at least if you want to talk about like the Resident Evil, at least for two and the new three one, at least they did something different with that. Yeah, it's the same thing, but at least it did something different. Yeah. But it's still, once again, the origin is it's not original. It's not a new idea. But mm-hmm. then again, none of the zombie ones. That goes back to the Dawn of the Dead and uh, Night of Living Dead way back in the 50s. So it, even that isn't a new idea. Yeah. So, but it's nice to know when things get rebooted now let's use that word and um you know with just how technology advances to get something better that looks better you know maybe the writer does it better if we're talking about a movie and stuff like that so i guess it depends because uh the total recall that the reboot remake whichever you want to call it but that new one sucked yeah compared to the original one so i guess it depends i mean they can they can it is possible theoretically that they can improve on it. I mean, I'm sure it can be done. My biggest problem is deeper. It's just the unoriginality of the idea. I mean, yeah, it's, it takes thinking. I mean, art is the fifth branch of philosophy and it's all derived from the previous branches. And you guys, you're thinking in those previous branches before you can get to that aesthetic branch. And, and that thinking is not being done. It's just, it's just either it, it, either sure laziness or uneducation, but it just isn't being done. It's being done, but it's the ones and that are like put on like the storefront are the ones that have no real like you know those are the remakes and the reboots and the things that are just like shoved in your face and you got to like push them away to find these other original properties and stuff like that. That's the way I kind of see it. I, I agree. There are, like I said earlier, there are some instances where it is, there are original ideas, and those are the diamonds. But for the most part, the vast majority, 
there's just no thinking going on in Hollywood anymore. No original thinking. Yeah. Like one of the best movies that came out last year too was uh, Jojo Rabbit. And anybody that really seen, have you seen this movie or know what it is? No, I do not. Is yeah. it uh, Jojo that? Uh... <laughs> no, I wish that would have been. There is a live action of that, but uh, that's not what I was talking about. But um, it's a really cool movie about a. Speaking of Hitler, <laughs> there's this little boy in uh, Germany during you know uh, World War Two, and he it's his imaginary friend is Hitler. <laughs> And it's wow. like about him, like going through World War Two, and it's a funny like movie. It's a comedy basically, but it obviously has very heavy like topics and stuff with it, with you know the whole war and stuff like that, and you know Jews and things like that being brought up as well. So it's uh, it's a really good movie if you like that time period too. But I mean, totally original idea, and it just sounds so different, you know. No, I agree, but that's a whopper of an imaginary friend, though. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's like you know, a lot of people really love this movie, but it wasn't really like put out there as much as you know, maybe some of the other ones like Lion King or something like that. You know, I could understand taking an idea and making it your own with a little something a little different, a little twist. That I can get. Yeah. Okay, because at least you're 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 expanding the idea. Exactly. But from what from what I'm seeing mostly i mean even the marvel ones that there's really not too much new about those characters nothing really expanding all you're doing is making them alive for a uh, a, a greater audience you know someone who doesn't want to read the comic books yeah you know you're introducing it to a greater audience but it's the same exact thing there's nothing new and original about those or very little i don't want to say nothing very little new or original about those yeah i mean i could even remember when leading up to the end game and like, you know, the end of the Thanos arc and stuff like that. Just, you know, people that have read this back in, you know, what the eighties, early nineties and stuff like that. They're just like, well, this is all going to, you know, they already knew, but it's like, they still wanted to see it panned out into the movies, which, you know, it was something different than I'm sure reading the comics and stuff. No, it it has its value separate in that. Okay. And I'm not going to deny that. But I'm just talking about the original idea of it and how it just it lacks in Hollywood. At least that's that's the notion I got when you told me what you were going the question you were going to raise is that there are very, very little original original ideas in Hollywood anymore. They're there, but there's so few. Yeah. And and it's it's hard to find them. And that's sad, too. It really is, because, um, I mean, if you want to go to a classic movie like Ben Hur. That actually, the uh, Cecil B. DeMille version from the 50s, that actually was a remake from a silent movie. And they improved on it. They did, they did it wasn't a total original idea, but they improved on it. I, I really don't see many things to where they take the idea and twist it and make it a little bit of their own. I don't see that happening too much anymore. I mean, even when we get into the, uh, I mean, let's just talk about us. Uh, what Disney did with Star Wars, yeah. I mean, with with Force Awakens, that was a new hope all over again. It was just a rehash, a new hope. It did feel that, like you know, when I remember sitting in the theater, and you know, I I liked the movie, but yeah, I was just like, this is the same step by step thing. So, yes, no, it was. It was precisely the same. And that's my point about no original idea. I mean, like I said before, Disney poisons everything, and they poison Star Wars. God damn even, Disney. It's, it's true. I mean, they, they it's bad enough that they had to go and take someone else's idea, but at least they could have, I think Disney could have done so much better with it and they, but they poisoned it. Well, I think that would be good to wrap up with that. Cause there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's good and bad with, like you said, and it just sucks that you can't really find, it's hard to find original ideas more than the amount of just rehash stuff and remade things. Yes. And I the, totally agree. And the worst one, this is my last thing on it is like, uh, I always think of fantastic four and how they keep remaking that movie in a different way. And they always suck. <laughs> and it's just like funny when they always take a, I mean, they kind of even do it with like, um, ghostbusters too. They just try to bring back that, that 
um, that movie or that thing, and it just it just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> well, do you think maybe they're doing it just to make money? In the in terms of Ghostbusters, you brought that up. I think they're just trying to make it, yeah, it was a, that's what it was it a hit. They're safe with it. So therefore we don't have to do too much work with this and we can make a, a, a lot of bank out of it. If we just, just do the remake of it, at least that's why I think the motivation is money. And that's sad because art should be as, as expression and not as a market campaign to make money. Yeah. Well, hopefully in this time where we all can sit with our thoughts, some people will come up with some uh, original ideas. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All right. So we will get into the breakdown. Now, uh... We got, you know, quite a few topics to talk about. So why don't we, I'll jump into the video games first and then we'll go into um, just kind of the shows we've been watching. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Because I have two games and the Resident Evil Resistance that I wanted to talk about is going to be pretty short. This is the game that comes with the Resident Evil 3 um, uh, remake that they have. And it's kind of like what the purpose of people buying the resident evil three because you know again that's a remake of a old playstation game and from what i'm hearing too it's it's very short so they put this uh online game that you can play and there's just something about like the, the whole point of the re resistance is you can be four you can be four characters with obviously people online and then there's one person that's called the mastermind that basically sets up traps and zombies and tries to kill the four people. So you're trying to get out of this like building or, you know, this city and whatever amount of time, but man, I did not enjoy it. I only played like the demo of it, but resident evil has this thing where they're trying to really get the online thing down and it just never really works out. And this was another shot that they did. And I just, thought it fell right through <laughs> was was this resident evil 3 you're talking about here this one it's the game it's it's the online portion of it so it has nothing to do with resident evil 3 because that's just a game that's just like a standalone like um you know story game that you know one a first per, like a one player game and then they have this other one that's with it when you buy resident evil 3 called resident evil resistance that's an online game that you play with you know well, online people well so. is it set in the, that raccoon city or whatever they call it yeah yeah it's you're just yeah it's set in raccoon city with like the zombie outbreak going on but you're like locked in these certain areas where another player will control all these um just basically traps and stuff like you set up it, it's kind of cool because you set up like where the zombies are and you set up like uh gun traps and like um just like mines and stuff like that that they obviously can't see and they're trying to you know navigate through this maze i guess and you're just trying to kill them and it's like you even get to control like mr x is one of like the main like your one of your top like powers you can use and you can control them and kind of use them to kill the other characters and stuff while they're trying to fight you. So it's like four on one. I never played it, but it sounds a lot like that. This uh, horror game I saw on my Xbox where I think it was something about if you make it through the night, um, cause it goes, one guy gets to be the super evil guy. The, the yeah. Murderer. The Jason games, like they had that with the Friday yeah. the 13th. Yeah, I think maybe that's what it was, but I remember seeing it. it sounds an awful lot like that. Like the one person gets to be the bad guy, and the other four get to try to escape in the context of the Jason game. Yeah, no, um, you're right. That's so a good I point. That's a good point. But yeah, just I don't know. I mean, I've played that Friday the 13th game, and I had fun with it. Maybe it's just because of the, you know, it's so campy, and it's like they really lean into a lot of the Friday the 13th stuff. It's just maybe Resident Evil took it too seriously, and I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. I understand. Yeah. I get it. But, again, some people like it. You know, a lot of people like online games. I'm not really a big online person anyways, but, um, you know, I guess if you like it, it's it's out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, everyone has their different tastes. I agree. I'm not an online gamer either, so I, I, I totally understand that one. Yeah. And the next game that I've been playing is uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Have you ever heard, this, heard about this game? 
no. Once again, you're throwing things at me that I, I don't know. Well, this is funny because this is a PlayStation 2 game that's been remastered for the PS4. And they've remastered it one other time, too, for PlayStation 3. So this game's been around for a long time, and they just keep bringing it back. But from what we were talking about before of, uh, you know, kind of, you know, just doing the same thing over and over, this game is... It's so beautifully made, and for them to just do the same thing, it has nothing really new, has absolutely nothing new to it besides just better graphics. But huh, no original content. Whoa. Well, it's an original game of itself. It just they just made it look, you know, just with PS4 graphics, and what and that's what the oh, game really okay. is because it's you're this character that's trying to like revive his girlfriend or something like that. It's like it's very medieval time stuff, and um. You fight the like this spirit voice thing tells you to destroy these guardians, these colossus that are roaming the town. I mean the the area you're in, and if you defeat these sixteen, uh, I think it's sixteen or eighteen uh, colossus, like she'll come back to life basically. But the if you look up stuff like on YouTube and all that, I mean the game is just a sight to see. It looks so cool, and you are this little guy with a bow and arrow and a sword and a horse. And it's like you, f- you find these uh, these colossus, and they're just these gigantic stone, like half stone, half real beast things that just either have one nothing to do with you, and you have to climb all over their body to find these like weak points and basically kill it. But it's just like so cool to watch and like you figuring out how to get on these giant monsters basically and like they have like flying ones you know they all look like animals basically but it's just like it just looks so cool and i just i've been playing it on easy and just coast i've beaten it before since it's been out forever but it's just been a nice game to play and you know if you obviously have really easy you can kind of just coast through the whole thing so uh-huh. um, it's just something cool to see and look at. And I always like the design of the game a lot and the music's yeah. amazing. So <laughs> I always could have a good soundtrack. But I think the problem is, as you're a PlayStation guy, I got to convert you over to Xbox <laughs> and then maybe, well, I, I don't know if it is on Xbox. It might be, but uh, it might be, but I haven't come across it, but it might be. I mean, we could have gotten by it. Yeah. I would say look up just, because they're all boss battles. Like, you don't fight anything else but the Colossus in it. So it's um, pretty straightforward and all that. But, um, yeah, definitely check out some YouTube things of it because they look, like, really cool. And, again, to get it with the best graphics that we, you know, at the time now to see this game. Because it even looked amazing back on PS2. It was just, like, kind of ahead of its time in some ways. So, yeah. Sure, I get that. Been having a lot of fun with it. So, just had some quick game talk there, but um, why don't we jump into uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot since we both watched that. So how about you start? Uh, well, I I like um, Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob movies. Now, I got to make the little caveat, just those. When he goes off and did his other movies, uh, I'm not quite that much of a fan. But I love the benevolent sense of life that comes out in all of his Jay and Silent Bob movies. I mean, I really like Dogma and Jason Amy. Um, this reboot was, and he even admits it, it's just a, a, a Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back rehashed. But uh, at least he added a little bit different, like with uh, um, Jay becoming a father, which I could never, ever picture him being a father. And uh, so at least he gave, he gave a little bit more nuance to the story. But in a lot of ways, it was strikes back all over again. Yeah, what did you think? I thought the same thing, and it was just hard to because I'm with you on that. I do like a lot of his movies, and um, I mean, Jane saw and Bob Strike Back is such a classic. It's so funny, and um, when this came out too, you know, I was excited because he hadn't really made anything for a while since then, and um, just getting into it though, you know, it just yeah, man, it's. He did not shy away of being like, "Yep, yeah, this is just all rehashed jokes and all." No, it was. I mean, they both. <laughs> at one point, where they all looked into the camera, making fun of people who were coming and watching a reboot. They did that same exact joke in Jane and Bob Strikes Back. Yeah, I mean, there was so much that had just returned in that. So I, I liked the movie. I laughed a lot in it. it my 
my problem with it is it's just the, it's the same movie over again. So, yeah, and that's what's and it's kind of like what you said with having Jay being a dad and stuff. Uh, maybe it's just because me, I'm a new dad and stuff like that. But a lot of the um, the whole storyline with that was actually the more interesting part of it, and um, just all the little. No, I agree. You know, I mean, they're like kind of cliche things, but it's just all the lessons and him trying to figure out, you know. Like uh, when he like when they go into uh, method method man and red man and they talk and stuff. And he, like, oh yeah, has the <laughs> well whole... that was the, the black version of James Hall Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, just like how he talks about the whole thing of uh, you know anyone can be a father or a dad. Like I forgot how he worded it, but you know he's like anyone can be a father, but you know certain people can be a, yeah can be a dad. Yep. I was just like yeah, you know it's really hitting home with me right now. So like it was all those like things. So. No, he's right. He's right. And I agree with that totally. Uh, I, I, I thought the, uh, the uh, Chinese girl becoming the, the Russian agent was kind of cliche. Oh, yeah. And it was so like <laughs> stupid. Like, I mean, just yeah. when that happened, it was just like, uh, whatever. But again, it, you know, it's a Jane Samba movie, you know, and they had all the comic book, you know, um, like kind of like cash-ins and stuff too, which is funny. Oh, since, yeah. You know, even with like comic book men and stuff showing up there and just well, getting all the people from all the movies is pretty impressive too. I think it was Smith's, from Kevin Smith's life. His daughter, Harley Quinn, played, would we be the lead of those four girls? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, his wife was in that movie. So, I mean, he just, he everyone he knew was in that movie. That's yeah. basically what it was. The one thing too what was cool about that. I don't know if you knew, but it's the way they like advertised this too when it was coming out. Because he did like a tour to show yeah. this movie, and that you know, yeah, like, I, no one really does that. And that's, uh, I well, guess. I think I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I watched a uh, the when he was on Rogan. I watched that uh, on YouTube that podcast, and he said he he used all the money up for to for production, and he couldn't get any marketing money. So that was the only way he could market it, and so that's why he, they decided to go on the road, yeah, and uh, and make it that way. And and according to him, he he thoroughly enjoyed it because he got to sit back and watch the audience's reaction, which he claimed he never could do that in the previous movies. Yeah. So it was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just I'm agreeing with you. Go ahead. Oh, uh, that's all I was going to say about that. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know that no one really done anything like that to promote a movie, and that's. You know, especially it was original. Yeah, it was original. So I thought that was cool. You know, it might have been a different thing to have sat down in that kind of setting to see this movie, maybe with a bunch of super hardcore Jane Silent Bob fans. But um, I guess I'm glad I just waited till it came out on uh, Amazon. <laughs> no, I I enjoyed it watching it on Amazon in my home. So I, I kind of don't like the crowds too much. So I think it was a better atmosphere at home. I like the Loki part too. That was like a really good um, part of the movie. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there was. That was actually one of the differences. Loki wasn't even in the the uh, strikes back. At least I don't remember it. I don't think he was. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Think I was. And I think uh, see even the joke the, when Affleck said, you know, talk. He was in character, but saying Affleck was the bomb in Batman. Yeah. That was even a rehash of of. of um, that was a uh, he did a one one of his other characters, mm. uh, Affleck's other characters, but even that was in Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. So yeah. there's so much that they just did again and again and again. I, I, was, I did like the Loki part. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, Matt Damon's like I was the original Loki, not this yes. Th- Thomas, whatever his name is. Like I, I just thought that was pretty good. It was good. It yeah. really was. I mean, he, Kevin Smith obviously obviously has a sense of humor and. uh I mean, he, he's even smart enough to, uh, the guy's a stoner big time. And he was on um, Rogan. He was actually token up. And he has his own line of uh, of weed. I mean, yeah. snoochie boochies. He bought these boxes of them. Yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously smart enough to go in business on to make money out of it. So. Well, and too, I mean, he's been like that since day one, you know, going back to clerks and all that. They're selling weed outside the store you know they're drug dealers yeah <laughs> no no i agree with that but uh kevin smith wasn't he just became a stoner recently at least that's what he said on the podcast that uh, but now he's he's he said that now that he's he discovered he he wakes and bakes and does 
all of it. But the, my point is he took and, and turned it into a lucrative business. I mean, he's making cash of, and, I mean, and connected with his movies, the Snoochie Boochies and all that. Yeah. Snoogans. That's the name of his, <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the dupes. I mean, come on, that's funny. That's and very he's making true. money out of it. That, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. More power to him. Smart guy. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great thing. It's capitalism. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, You know, I sat through it, you know, so I guess I give it that even if I didn't really like it a lot, you know, it seemed like you liked it a little bit more than me. But I mean, I didn't turn it off. So that gives it some credit there. It wasn't their best. That's for sure. Um, You see, I never was a fan of really clerks. I I know that I get the jokes on Search to 37. That's pretty funny. But my favorites, like I told you before, was Chasing Amy and Dogma. My Dogma was my favorite. That one to me is when he really hit a home run. And probably because I was raised Catholic and all the uh, the uh, Christian jokes in there is pretty damn, f- especially George Carlin playing the, the Cardinal. That's pretty damn funny. So uh, I, I think that uh, that was his best. But I did like it. I did like it. It's just I wish he hadn't rehashed so much of it. That's my biggest uh, uh, critique of it. Yeah, well, hey. That's his movie. He could do whatever he wants with it, right? <laughs> yeah, but it goes against the theme of our this podcast. It's not really an original idea. True, true. At least we leaned into it. It wasn't trying to be like, oh, this is something totally different. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is true. Yeah. Cool. Well, he was honest about it, yeah. Why don't we move on to uh, Jessica Jones? You've been watching some more Mar- Marvel stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a binge on Netflix in, in this uh, shutdown. Um I, I originally got the the first time. I didn't even know Jessica Jones was a, a comic book character. I had no clue. But then again, I'm not Mar- a Marvel guy. But I got first introduced them when I watched to her when I watched the uh, um, the Defenders, and she came off as a little bit of a bitch. Yeah. And, but if you watch the show, her show, it, it, you, you totally understand why what she's been through. What, she, what I mean, what happened to her. I get why she's like that. And yeah, she's, she's not a badass. You know, she doesn't take shit yeah. from anyone. Yeah, she is. Um, I really like the show a lot. Um, I like the fact that her character, she's an individualist. And what I mean by that is she doesn't care what anyone else thinks. She is how she is, and that's all it is to it. And she does the thinking through her own head. Um, and and what I really like about the whole entire series, all, all three seasons, is there is some philosophy that's embedded in there. In the first season, um, the utilitarian argument comes out. Uh, utilitarianism is basically uh, greatest good for the greatest number. It's the most concise way I can, can narrow that down. And she struggles with whether she is right or wrong to, to kill Kilgrave. Yeah. And, and, and well, the justification of the whole thing is it's the greatest good because the more he gets, the more powerful he gets, the more, he's, more people he's going to hurt. And that philosophy is embedded in there, but I don't think she needed that to, that utilitarian argument to justify killing him. She could kill him just because of the fact that he was evil and was manipulating people. It had nothing, it, it, even if he just did that to one person and not hundreds of, of people, it would still be justified in, in getting rid of him because of the, the fact that he could control people. Do yeah. you understand what I'm saying? No, I get it. I, I, it's a, it's a, he, he was a really good bad guy for how bad he was. It was like oh, a yeah. good pick for that too. And, you know, he was a good actor. Yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah, he's like one of the doctors in Doctor Who, one of the seasons. But that guy really uh, nailed it, being just a, someone you just want to hate, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I totally yeah. agree with that, one hundred percent. And it's it's cool seeing like uh, it's, especially if it's you know whatever it doesn't have to be Marvel, but like seeing a superhero show where you know she has superpowers of like super strength and stuff like that. But I mean, just with her and Kilgrave, you know, there's not really any like special effects, you know what I mean? You know, it's just him obviously using his powers of mind control. And, you know, she has obviously like, you know, super Super strength, strength. but it's not like crazy stuff. Like you got to pay attention a lot to that show where you, you know, you don't have to and some other ones. Well, one of the drawbacks I say, I think of the Jessica Jones is she kept on, in her head saying what was she a hero or was she a monster 
did her superpowers make her that way? And I think you don't need to have superpowers to be a hero or a monster. It's you can be both. True. Yeah, it's very true. And, and so I don't think it was necessary that she kept well on the fact that because she had her super strength, that she was one of those two. And like I just said, um, I there are. I, it's been over a year since it's been out, so I guess there's no need for any spoiler alerts but if you get into the to the third season they even bring up which i think and i you know about this is pragmatism um even malcolm talks to trish after trish has gotten her superpower and trish just goes off the deep end she just all she cares about is being seen by other people she wants to have the pictures taken in a way i think she's jealous of jessica and the attention that jessica inadvertently gets jessica doesn't want it but it just falls in her lap that attention she gets and i think trish wants that and this goes back to iron man's the fountainhead because jessica thinks through her own head she doesn't care what anyone else thinks at all and trish ends up being the peter keating type who only cares what other people think about her and that was part of her downfall and she was a, such an ironic character in that third season because in the beginning of the third season she starts out lecturing jessica that trish was her moral compass and uh in the end of this i think i guess you need to know why they weren't they were estranged uh trish ends up killing her uh jessica's mother who comes back from the dead supposedly and um that made jessica say no more you're done with me and so they kind of split up and uh so Trish is basically writing a letter to Jessica saying that I was your moral compass. The truth be told, Trish never had such a moral compass. She lost her own moral compass. I mean, just the fact that she allowed herself to get so out of control before she became a superhero in her addictions means she didn't have much of a, uh, of a moral compass. That doesn't mean everyone who gets addicted doesn't have a moral compass. That's not what I mean. Yeah. What I mean is that Trish herself lost her moral compass and she really wasn't one and she, she became so and like i said earlier pragmatic where the end justifies the means that i will kill or do anything to get that attention to become that superhero and it, there, that's another philosophy that came out in in the jessica jones uh, story and that's what i really liked about it. it i don't know if these writers did it with conscious intention or if they were had studied philosophy and just um put that in the story but either way with the addition of those those philosophical principles i really really liked that uh, the three seasons i wish there was more yeah now that makes me want to dive back into it you know just only watching the first season you know um it seems like they do focus a lot on the writing more and i do think jessica jones is a great character too so that's no i, I do i i agree 100 yeah and um I think it's funny, especially I think I mentioned to you earlier, too, that I had like no idea about Jessica Jones when this first came out too. like I knew there was this show called it and I had like no context that it was, uh, you know, Marvel or this was even before a lot of the Marvel boom, I would say. And yeah. um, like watching it and seeing where it is now, it's you know funny, too, that like Nick Cage gets shown up into it in like the first season. And, oh, the, uh, the whole universe is uh... I mean, Iron Fist is the Danny Rand, anyways, yeah. is talked about in there. Um, Hogarth, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Jerry Hogarth, the, the attorney, Rand's attorney. She's also Jessica's attorney, and she's in that series a lot. Yeah. Um, th th that you can obviously tell that those that universe is all mixed together there. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I like that. No, it's really cool. I like that. Uh, you know, it just like what I'm saying is just I think they weren't even really messing around with the idea of like connecting all these shows when like the first season of Jessica Jones came out and then, you know, the big boom happened. They're like, Oh, we got to keep making this. So, <laughs> you know, who well, Luke Cage was in the first season, so maybe they didn't intend it, but yeah. he, he was in the first season. So there was a little mixture there. Exactly. And, and then, and in the end, he ends up becoming her actual moral compass because he's the one that convinces her that she's has to be the one to take Trish down. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, they put a nice little bow onto it. And they're very similar characters, too. You know, they, like, kind of have the same powers in a way, you know? Yeah, except uh, he's indestructible flesh. But, yeah, no, he's super yeah. strong, too. Yeah, they are. I kinda, That's what I like about them. Of all the superheroes, 
they're the kind most human. I mean, they're not totally human. You can't say they are because they both have a, a, a super quirk, if you will. But to me, they're the kind of most human of them. Um, you can't even say that to me about about Daredevil um, or even the Iron Fist. Um, but I think you can apply it to both Luke Cage and to uh, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. They're the closest to being human anyways, at least from my perspective. Yeah, no, that's uh, probably why the writing's so strong in it because they got to... You know, she can't just be, and that's like what I like about Jessica Jones too. Like, I guess compared to a lot of these, like, um, you know, Iron Fist and Daredevil, and they're like these badass martial artists and they're fighting ninjas and crap like that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime Jessica Jones fights, it's like the most straightforward, just like throwing somebody off a building or into a car, yeah. or just like a one punch to the face. And it's like, once again, the most human. Yes. I totally yeah. agree. Yes. And it's always like, it's, it's funny. Cause that's like a hard thing to pull off where you want. It doesn't make you want to see a elaborate fight scene that, cause it wouldn't really make sense. And she kind of makes a point of like, I, I'm pretty sure she mentions that she, it's like she doesn't train. She's like, I'm not a martial artist, but if I punch you, you're going to go down. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like, she does, and that's exactly right. And, and it fits her character really well, too. Train. Her and actually Trish brings this up about – Trish is working out, and Jessica brings up the fact she doesn't need to train. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's, they do talk about that. I like so. when uh, superheroes like kind of just – if they they understand their power a lot different than some people, you know, some other heroes and stuff like that. So I think it's – yeah. And in the terms of Jessica Jones, she she thought of it as a burden. She thought that because she, she how she got him was because she was basically saved after her family died in that car accident. Yeah. So she was kind of blaming herself. I mean, she took that huge burden now, which is what why she was so hard ass on herself and became such a drinker. I mean, she really carried that burden. That's why I say when I started the beginning of this, you understand why she was. Uh, so bitchy because she had justification for it. She had some psychological trauma that she had to deal with. And I totally understand it. Yeah. I forgot the actress's name, but she's really good. I like, uh, she was in breaking bad too. She's a really good, you know, actress and stuff. I totally agree. I liked, I really liked her acting too. I yeah. totally agree. She was a really good actress. And I really, when, and when acting goes, when it pulls me out of the story, that's why I know it's bad acting. I can honestly say that never happened once during all all of three seasons. I was always into it. I never thought, you know, oh, they, they're overacting or something like that. I always thought that all of them were really good acting. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, Trish would be the worst one. But even then, I'm not trying to say she was bad. I'm just saying, you know, on a scale, she would be the worst, but it was still good. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Jones, a very underrated show, I think we can safe to say. Yeah, I I hadn't heard of it until I started doing the binge. I'm glad I, I came across it. If it wasn't for the Defenders, I never would have known her. There you go. So yeah, it. It's funny how that all works out, too, especially when it's like that was the first one, too. And then you see, you know, the way you did it, it's kind of an interesting way to watch those, you know, shows. So yeah, next next for me is uh, Luke Cage and then finishing up with the Daredevil. Cool. And I'll be done with all of them. There you go. I guess you'll be our, uh, for a guy that doesn't, you know, say he's a Marvel person, you are the uh, head Marvel guy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Not even close. (laughs) But I understand that. I'll take it as a compliment. Well, the only other thing I had to bring up with uh, the shows, because, yeah, we went through Jane Silent Bob and Jessica Jones. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I, I did go over it, too, for the podcast and stuff. But um, I rewatched Love, Sex, and Robots, which is a Netflix show. And yeah. um, I know we talked about this way back, you know, when it first came out. And um, I remember t- telling you this and I was just such a fanboy when this thing came out because I had no idea what it was. And it has that like style of um, there's 18 episodes and they're just like short mini uh, stories, like individually in each one. Like you don't have to connect them in any ways, but uh, very awesome show. If you like animation and um, just good storytelling, I would highly recommend this one. And uh, I think it has something for everybody. Have you I seen, liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, what I liked about it is that 
there were different animation aspects in every one of them. It wasn't always the same exact thing. They're all different. And I like every episode was different. So that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And some are like, you know, very heavy and some are really funny and some are yeah. just like, you know, hard to watch too, you know, and they, especially talking about philosophy and like ethics stuff, you know, they tap into a lot of that with uh, technology and just, you know, made up situations and stuff like that. And it's, uh, I, I, I love this show. It's really good. And I, I felt like not really many people talked about it. And, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to bring it up since I never got to talk about it on a podcast till today. So, yeah, it kind of reminded me of a not quite as dark black mirror. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. it's very black mirror ish. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite one? If you can, uh, you know, recall? Oh, I it was a year ago. I really can't remember. Uh. I just remember, I just remember the, the one scene where they were having sex, I had to tell my daughter, get out of the room, get out of the room. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what sticks out in my head because I was trying to stop her from being exposed. There is a lot of stuff like it's either someone's getting horribly murdered or killed or something by a robot or there is sex. And it's in yeah. the title. So I guess you, you know, <laughs> I guess if you didn't think they would have it, then, uh, you know. Well, just to know, there was a movie called Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and they talked about sex, but you really didn't see that much in that movie, but yeah. I get your point. No, and that's like, it, especially with how each one was different, you could never, you know, you'd be watching one, like, there's the one about the yogurt taking over the world, and then there's the one about, yeah, like, people in space having sex. It's just like, you never know where yeah. it's going to go, so... It is funny how it works out, but that's why it's like such a cool sit down to watch since they're all, I think the longest one might be like 15 minutes, but, uh, yeah, they're really short. Know. Yeah. They're really, and, and they're interesting too. I mean, yeah. they kept me at least getting through it. Otherwise if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have got through the first one. So, yeah. 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 I like the very first one's really cool with the whole like, um, gladiator thing and, uh, people put their minds into their yeah. machines and stuff, which, kind of has like this twist in it well they pretty much all have twists in it and stuff too but uh yeah i just the the whole the way it looks and like the the monsters that they use to control are just really cool looking i'm kevin maybe i'm thinking the wrong thing wasn't there one where there was like a, a junkyard and they the junkyard becomes a monster or something like that am i, am I yeah the right one? there's like a guy who lives in yeah like a junkyard and he has this monster that lives in it and he basically yeah, takes care yeah. of it and uh <laughs> this guy comes to like take his house like some he's like tr trying to kick him out of his place you know he's like oh you can't live here anymore yes. and like it's just this and whole the monster joke. takes care of him yes, yeah yes. yeah it's a no, that's like that. a funny one too and you know it's a, they're all great i thought they were all the, the only one i really didn't like was just the um the one with the that 70s show guy and um uh, Ramona oh. Flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also in Black Mirror, too. Uh, wasn't he? He was in Spider Man 3, <laughs> the worst movie yeah, ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One of them, but yeah. yes. I but, think Daredevil was worse, but I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying. I think that's what's funny about the whole thing, too, is the one that has the most live action aspect because it's, you know, them going through their day and they find this whole civilization in their refrigerator. And it's yeah. just, it's just boring. And it just, it made me, I couldn't help to think of the South Park episode where, um, Cartman has the sea monkeys. Have you seen that one? You know what? When it comes to South Park, they, I stopped watching them with the talking shit. <laughs> right. I, I, I couldn't get, but, and they also laughed at Ayn Rand and that was strong too. So that was my yeah. one that made me want to stop watching that, but they made fun I, of everybody. I, I so <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. The Simpsons made fun of Ayn Rand too, but at least the Simpsons did it with class. I don't like the way the, uh, I know this is a tangent, but I don't like the way South Park did that because the, the, the one, I think it was the cop. He actually holds up Atlas Shrugged and says this is a piece of shit <laughs> and that that pissed me off that's so like that that it's like they knew but, you and they were just you know trying to start a fire for you yes <laughs> you know? and they did too and they also caused me to not watch their show anymore that's so much it pissed me off and those guys are supposed to be libertarians too uh, so that's why i don't understand that but it is what it is yeah i just i, I have no south park reference other than that i, I don't i don't so 
Well, you know, that's fair enough. You can't, it's not for everybody, but I, they, like I mentioned with the love, sex and robots, they had that one that it just, that's all I could think about is this South Park basically did the same thing. So I just, I guess going with original ideas, I was just like, ah, oh, this is, I've already seen this before. So, yeah. but again, I get you. I, you know, 17 good ones out of 18, you know, it's pretty good odds. No, it is. It's a good record. Yeah. But if you're playing baseball and you hit it 17 times out of 18, <laughs> you're doing pretty damn good. So Hell yeah, that's true. So I think that'll be it for the breakdown here. You know, we had uh, a lot of shows to watch, you know, but, um, you know, we had a good mix of video games and shows. Do you have anything else to chime in or uh, talk about? Uh, I think I've exhausted it all of those shows. So Cool. Well, let's get into the bonsai drop. Are you one of those so-called badasses? All right, and I just had a quick one of... It's, again, going back to the show Love, Death, and Robots. It's um, by The Binger, and it's just, like, a really cool, like, 10-minute video of um, just kind of breaking down some of the philosophies and meanings of some of the episodes in the show it's just a more of like a deep dive and it gets into the animation style and the directors and stuff like that too so it's a nice little watch if you uh watch that show so cool how about you dj do we have any rush moments or rush quotes we could drop in here well in the context of of jessica jones that was sort of like science gone awry gotten out of hand with all the experiments and there's a Rush song called Natural Science. And just one little tiny part of it, uh, it goes, science like nature must also be tamed with our view towards its preservations. Given the same state of integrity, it will surely serve us well. There's my Rush call. And it's tied into our episode. I think Kilgrave showed that you can't tame Jessica Jones. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well... He almost did. He almost did. Almost. But almost that's, is the that's word. The good, that's the good part of it is it was the good twist at the end. So yeah. although uh, some people have said it was sort of anticlimactic by her just breaking his neck. But I think it had to be done. It had to I mean, he had to die. Yeah. I mean, it did. They did kind of fall back on just a generic, uh, you know, way to take out somebody. But, you know, it's like we just talked about with that show, too. There wasn't they there isn't really any like explosive CGI, you know, special effects with Jessica Jones. So it might as well have just gone that way. You know, it would have been weird if she just like blew him up or something like that, you know? <laughs> I agree. And, and she, he had to die some way. And the way he, she had him hanging there, it, that was the most logical way to do it. So I think she should, I think she should. And this would have totally changed the show because it would have been like X rated or R rated is she should have just done the Game of Thrones style and just uh, exploded his head when she grabbed it with her super strength. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought of that. Yeah, yeah she did that too, yes. That'd be a good way to get rid of that asshole. So. <laughs> Blow it up like a watermelon. Or yeah, like sure. break his jaw maybe, you know, like just take it out because that, that was his whole thing. If he couldn't talk, he couldn't do anything, so. That's a good point there too. Oh, man, now you brought up a flaw. Maybe she should have did that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but... I, I once again I I liked the show a lot. It was very very well done. If me and you reboot it and do our own version of Jessica Jones, we'll add that in. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> so DJ, do you have anything to plug? You have a podcast too. Why don't you drop that in here? Uh, well, we we're on hiatus because of this uh, coronavirus scare, but my podcast is the Change of Reason podcast. And my website is changeofreasonpodcast.com. And you can hear it just about anywhere you get at your podcast. Heck yeah. yeah go check it out and check out uh, DJ's writing too. You know, are you still updating the website and stuff? Well, I only do it by the, by every episode and we haven't had an episode in a month. So it hasn't been, up, it hasn't been updated in a month. So when we do a new episode, it'll be the next time it gets updated. Sounds good. Sounds good. 
Awesome. Well, this has been the Bonsai Chat. And again, you can follow us on all social media at the Bonsai Chat. Uh, pretty much just Instagram and Twitter. That's where you can find us. But um, yeah, check us out on YouTube and uh, any podcatcher of your choice. You know, rate us, review us. And um, I hope you like what we're doing. So thank you, DJ. And we will be uh, on next time. So bye, guys. Take, take care. Bye.